Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 362. There's no greater uh, reward than getting to come to work every day and do what you love. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Alan Peltier. Alan, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. I'm always a great passenger when I know <laughs> when I know what they're doing. When I know I know what they're doing. Well, I'll I'll do my best to uh, keep it in the straight line and off the rails and out of the ditch, if you will. So <laughs> we'll have some fun here today. Alan Peltier is the president at HRE Performance Wheels in Vista, California. He joined the team in 1999, coming from Northrop Grumman, where he worked as an engineer specializing in the structural analysis of aircraft. He's a diehard car guy whose role at HRE allows him to develop a dynamic company culture. We're providing the finest wheels for the most discerning automotive enthusiasts. HRE Performance Wheels are known for their quality, their strength, lightweight, and styling on the track and the street. So, Alan, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Absolutely. I think you made it sound pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm an engineer at heart and in my soul. You know, I don't get to do uh, as much engineering today anymore uh, and running run the business. But uh, I'm a car guy. I've been a car guy since I can remember. And, I, you know, I was working at Northrop Grumman and, uh, you know, I was at a big company. And uh, that just wasn't my thing. You know, I wanted to come somewhere where I could um, really be a part of uh, helping to shape the culture. And HRE has been that perfect place for me. I've been here um, 16 years, I think. Yeah, a long time. And uh, Yeah, and that's a, that's a long time. But uh, my role here has changed significantly over those years. And I've got to really uh, put my heart and soul into it. And uh, today, you know, I get to stand on the shoulders of a lot of really, really wonderful people. Uh, we have a fantastic team, and honestly, I'm, I'm lucky to be a part of it. So. Well, HRE is uh, close to my heart. The styling and design and the quality of the wheels that you guys put out on the marketplace for us enthusiasts are absolutely spectacular, and that's why I'm, I'm so excited to have you here and learn a little bit more about you, learn a little bit more about HRE and what you guys are up to. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires and wheels turning here on Cars, yeah? 
So, Alan, take the wheel. Yeah, I think this, uh, you know, I'd have to go back to uh, something my dad told me a long time ago, and that was uh, to try and learn something new every day. I really do take that to heart. I think that uh, if you're trying to learn something new, life is going to be a lot more interesting. You're not going to think you know everything. So that's a, that's a good, humble place to be. <laughs> and also, you get uh, to grow, you know, you, you as a person. And then you get to turn around after you keep learning and learning and learning and teach others and uh, teach others to learn something new every day. And I think that that has really been something that I think I take with me uh, everywhere I go and throughout the years. And I think it's served me really, really well, not just at HRE, but in my personal life and everything. So, Oh, absolutely. It's a great saying. And how have you incorporated that quote, that concept into what you guys do there at HRE? You know, for me personally, obviously, I started as an engineer. So when you come in as an engineer, you you know, you're focusing on wheels or the strength of the wheels or the weights and all of that. You know, for me, my personal career, I had to learn production. I had to learn, you know, everything now, now that I'm the president of finance and sales and marketing and everything and understanding all of that and really I think the most important thing for me as an engineer was really learning how to build a team and how to be a leader. And so not being afraid of that or having the willingness to try and learn something new and being humble enough to understand that you need to learn something new, I think has guided me personally. And as a company, it's the same thing. We, we, we really try not to get complacent and we're always sort of striving to increase our capability, increase our technology, and that's what drives us to be a little more innovative. Uh, we understand that the market's coming. People are gunning for us, and if we want to stay on top, then we really need to be running. And so uh, you can't do that if you uh, got your head stuck in the mud thinking you know it all. <laughs> so it's a great philosophy for me. Um, so. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I've attended the SEMA show down there in Vegas for, gosh, the last 25-plus years, and one of the things you notice at that show are wheels. It yeah. just seems to go on and on and on. And so many of the wheel companies out there today focus so much on, for lack of a better term, the bling. Yeah. And instead of a combination of that styling and usage, and with you guys, you're involved with track, you're involved with street, high performance, people that do club events. So I love that aspect of your business and, and what you guys do and being innovative and, and not trying to just be the ones with the shiniest surface on the wheels. I mean, I think, uh, I think our design philosophy here is, is uh, form definitely follows function. You know, we're a performance wheel company. And so a lot of the design elements, even stuff that is fairly stylistic, we just actually launched or previewed a new wheel line this weekend, and it's very stylistic. And we have that all the way down to very, very purposeful for motorsport. But at the end of the day, we're a performance wheel company. So even a wheel line from us that is uh, very stylistic, the details are going to be very refined and really there to help, usually from an engineering perspective, to remove some weight or something like that. And so a lot of the stylistic features that you'll even see in an HRE wheel are often driven from the engineering side. So I think for us, those two things are coupled very, very closely, and, and, and really they, they work best together. I think the best engineering, honestly, is gorgeous. It should be. Yes. You can, you can create something that's fantastic technically, or you think it is, and if it's not attractive, chances are it's actually not as good as it could be from an engineering perspective, because I think that natural efficiency and everything helps add uh, beauty uh, to the product. Oh, so. absolutely, and congratulations on the launch of your new line. The wheels are spectacular, really great looking. Love it. Could you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Tell us about that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy. Oh, gosh. 
Um, that one's hard. I mean, honestly, it's been so long. This is probably not what most people say, but my earliest memories, I'll be honest, are me being a tiny little kid, probably three or four. And I had this little yellow plastic pedal car that my dad <laughs> got me for Christmas. And I used to pedal that little car around everywhere. I love that thing. You, you know, normally as a kid, you get bicycles and all stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. I loved all that. But cars from the very, very beginning have been my passion. And I, I just don't remember, honestly, um, I don't remember living my life without loving cars. So it has, to DNA. Be it has to be back in that period of time. And I, and I didn't come up in a family that was like that. My family wasn't, uh, in, I mean, my brothers now are, but uh, my father wasn't or anything like that. So it wasn't like it was in my uh, life. It was just something that I found and, uh, and latched onto. Something in your soul. Well, we share something there. My first car was a yellow Cadillac. <laughs> now, I'm a little older than you, but it was uh, my uncle's car. He gave it to my mom, uh, her brother, and then I got to play with it. And so it was from the late 50s. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't remember having it. I have pictures of it because, you know, three years old was a little bit longer yeah. ago for me. But uh, I know it was yellow and uh, I know it was a Cadillac. So, uh, yeah. We share you something know, there. But, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, cars, so some people, not people aren't listening to your show. They probably don't feel this way. But a lot of people, some people, oh, you know, cars just transportation for me. And it's, and it's like, wow, that's so different for me. Yeah. The cars sort of define my personality. They define who I am and, and the cars that I have or the cars that I love or whatever. Those are a reflection of my personality. It's almost, you know, that's a reflection of me. Yeah. And it's really, really interesting when, People, oh my gosh, that's so shallow. Or this, like, no, no, you know, yes, it's a technical thing and all of this. And, and I'm an engineer, I love that. But really, cars stir my soul. And the way that they execute and the passion that they bring out in you, I, it, there, there are very few things like that in life. And, and cars are very special that way. Oh, absolutely. And all the listeners right now in uh, 90 plus countries for cars, yeah, are nodding their head going, oh, yeah, yeah, this guy gets me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's crawl under the hood now and take a look at uh, some of the roads you've driven down. I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced along the way in your career, or it could be a life-changing incident. But the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation? What did it teach you? What did you learn from it? I don't have uh, probably a singular event. I think my life changed dramatically, and I think the way I view the world changed when I went to college, I'll be honest, to give you some background. I came from high school. I was our valedictorian. And honestly, I thought I was the smartest kid on the planet. You know, you're cocky. You think you know everything and all this stuff. And I went to a small engineering school um, in Southern California called Harvey Mudd College. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be honest, it was a kick in the face. Um, <laughs> I had never experienced failure like that before. I went from, okay, I'm, yeah, what do I have to do to get straight A's to, oh my gosh, what do I have to do to not get kicked out? And so being humbled like that, I think absolutely shaped me. Just going through the struggle of survival for four years. How do I graduate? How do I graduate? How do I graduate? Because it's very intolerant of you failing classes and things. It's very easy, basically, to not uh, uh, come back yeah. uh, after oh, a semester. Yeah. You know? And I almost failed. My first semester, I almost failed chemistry. And chemistry was, I was chemistry student of the year in high school. Oh, and gosh. You know, so to go through that and realize, oh my gosh, now I'm actually truly surrounded by really smart people. Yeah. And to uh, four years later to find myself at the bottom half of the class, whereas I had been the very top of my class in mm-hmm. high school, I learned a couple things. One, to be humble. Two, that, you know what, I had it in me to work my butt off. 
long nights, no sleep, you know, for days, whatever, whatever it took. Mm-hmm. And so when I come out into to, the business world, yeah, you need me to, when I started a tree, it's like, you need me to work 14 hour days, 16 hour days. Yeah, no problem. I can do that standing on my head. <laughs> yep. And it's not putting in the effort. That's not a, never an issue for me. And also the other thing I learned from there was that going back to that learning something new every day, it was, Hey, I have the confidence to learn things that I don't know. And I think um, in my career that's, that's helped me because it's like I'm not just, oh, I'm an engineer, so I, I, I define this little box around me. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, I, I, I wanna, it's not about creating the wheel. It's about building this business. And so mm-hmm. what do I need to learn to help me build that business? And to have that confidence that I can go do that, I think those are the things that uh, uh, help me uh, by going to MUD. And uh, that challenge... Honestly, it defined me. It defined who I am today. Wow. So. Well, great. Thank you for sharing such a personal story about wallowing in the mud, <laughs> to use an <laughs> analogy. But you know, that happens to so many people. I encountered the same thing from my first semester. I always got A's in high school, and all of a sudden I got a C, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm a miserable failure. What exactly. happened here? And, <laughs> and you realize, yeah, you're, around, you're surrounded now by some really sharp folks that are going to pull that grade point average up. You got to work hard. And uh, if you don't learn that lesson quick enough, yeah, you can wash out. So I'm glad you did. I'm glad you shared that with us. That's great. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those aha career moments. It's a time, I like to say, when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction that you had. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Uh, You know, for me... That's probably not so much an HRE moment. That's probably me being at Northrop Grumman and being in aerospace, big company, great company, but a big company, and realizing my contribution was just so tiny, you know, so tiny compared to what the company needed as a whole, mm-hmm. and wanting to go do something else where I could be influential and help shape the culture. And I read this. I read this book called Built to Last. Ah, uh, uh, yes. You know, Jim Collins. And, Collins and, book. Yep. Yep. Right. And, and I, before that, I didn't really understand that leaders didn't have to have all this bravado and all of this. And I thought, oh, I can never be a leader, you know? And, and after reading his books and stuff, I realized, no, actually, you know, I can, I can be a leader and I can go somewhere and I can actually define a culture. I, I know what I want a business to be like, and I can help make a company that way. And so after that, you know, I went to grad school and I was like, this is still not getting me where I want to go. And so I, I started looking for something smaller in the autom- automotive world. And I said, you know, I, I, I could go work for Honda or something, but, you know, it's probably going to be very similar to Northrop Grumman. Oh, yeah. Let me go to the aftermarket where there's, it's, it's going to be a small company and I can and maybe actually make a difference. And, uh, and joining HRE, you know, I wasn't joining a senior position. There were 14 of us at the time. But all HRE had back then was potential. <laughs> I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah. You know, but today I look at it and yeah, I, I, I really got to help define that culture. Yeah. And, and that's what makes me the most proud today, probably. So. Oh, that's a very cool story. I love it. Uh Colin's books are great. Speaking of great, good to great, another one yeah, of his books exactly. which is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Nice plug there I did for him, but <laughs> but I do like his books, and both of those books are absolutely wonderful. There's another great book I just read when you talk about leadership, and and uh, it's called Mindset, and talks about uh, having closed mindsets or growth mindsets or fixed mindsets, uh, similar type of thing. But uh, great, great story. I love it. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many 
uh, in all your years there at HRE and, of course, as an engineer at Grumman. But is there one in particular that really stands out for you? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, this is going to be probably pretty obvious. But, you know, being promoted to president in 2009 mm-hmm. uh, here at HRE, and I think the reason for that isn't just reaching that milestone. Is is prior to that, uh, you know, uh, it was the height of the downturn. Honestly, leading up to the downturn, um, there were some people that had come in from outside, and and there there was a, a big internal battle about where this company was going and how it was going to get there. And and I wasn't uh, the most popular person in the building. I'll be honest; I was ruffling a lot of feathers because I felt very strongly about the future of HRE and maintaining its. In, uh, its vision and and not straying too far from really what made this place special, mm-hmm. you know. And we hadn't accomplished any of that yet, but we had this <laughs> we had this dream, right? And so it was like, you know, we can't water down the dream. We can't just go chase the money. We can't just go do these things. We have to do it the right way, the hard way. And that at, at that time, in particular with the downturn, and everything, that's really difficult to do. You know, it's really oh, difficult yeah. to say, oh, we got to sacrifice and keep stick to our guns and do these things. And we need to change. You need constant change, but you need change in the right way. And so, you know, with, there was some friction. And so it was very, very tough. And um, after all the years that I'd been there, uh, just sacrificing and putting everything in, it was at the end nice uh, to get that promotion, to be recognized that, hey, I really am everything I do here is, is, is to try and, and create something special here. Yeah. Um, and so today it's different. I don't have those strife, those strifes. I have, I, I'm surrounded by a wonderful team. I get to walk through the door with a big smile on my face every day. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, nice? I, I love it. Yeah. I love being here. So. Well, it's a great story. Congratulations, of course. But uh, yeah, being thrust into that position, placed in that position in 09, Oh my gosh, when uh, one of the last things people were thinking about buying were an extra set of wheels for their vehicle. And being in that environment where maybe uh, others thought they might be in that position, uh, kudos to you for uh, sticking to your guns and focusing on where the company should be. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What Mm -hmm. was your first really special vehicle? And if you could share a memory with us that you have of that car. Oh gosh. My first, honestly, it probably was my first car, Mm -hmm. which was not a good car. It was (laughs) very close to being a very good car, but it was a it was a 1974 260Z, and unfortunately, it wasn't a 1972 Uh, uh, 240Z, which would have been fantastic. So mine had these horrible carburetors, and it was always having issues, and the paint was horrible, and it didn't matter. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, I loved that car. It was it was a piece of junk, but I absolutely loved it. And to me, it was just a quintessential old sports car, you know. And a memory, honestly, I don't have a ton of memories. Uh, I have a lot of memories of trying to buff the paint back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I quality mean, I control of, wasn't so great back then. Yeah, it's uh, so uh, looping it when I shouldn't be. You know, uh, I mean, so there's not necessarily one good defining memory. I think just trying to keep the thing running and working on it every weekend. And my girlfriend just, are you coming over? Or are we going out? <laughs> it's like, yeah, let me finish the, working on the car. You know, and that yep. was sort of a non, I mean, an, an ongoing thing thing all the time and so um but again those things help define your 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 passion for cars oh uh, yeah absolutely you're bringing back a memory here i i lived in southern california not far from where you guys are there in vista and i detailed cars to earn money so i could buy surfboards and go surfing and i had a client with uh, a 240 and the one with a 260 and i do remember the paint being a little challenging <laughs> 
yeah. On those cars. Yeah, they were fun to drive, though, and I'd go pick them up and bring them back to my house. But, yeah, paint wasn't that great back then for the for Datsun. Uh, they've come a long way, baby, as they Absolutely. say. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. How, how about a vehicle that you've owned that you let go that you really wish you had back in your garage, that seller's remorse story? Oh, yeah. My college dream car was the NSX. I ended up, after working here for a couple of years, I ended up picking up a black-on-black 94 NSX, and it's right before they switched to the target tops and the weight, and so it was one of the lightweight ones. It was beautiful, uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful car, and I ended up buying this uh, R1200 GS motorcycle, and I just started riding this motorcycle all the time, so I, this car was just sitting in my garage, mm-hmm. and so I ended up selling it to uh, a former coworker. I wish I had never done that. My wife, in fact, was, you know. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you selling this car? Yeah. And I didn't listen to her. Uh, luckily, he still has that car. And honestly, he treats that car better than I did. Ah. So it's gone to a wonderful home. And so at least I can uh, I feel good about that. One of our co- one of my coworkers now, he actually has a 94 black on black NSX. So every once in a while he brings it to work and I just want to kick myself because it's exact, <laughs> it's identical to what I used to have. So what's the lesson here? <laughs> Listen to your smart wife. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most wives don't like us riding motorcycles anyway. That just means they love us and they want to keep us around. But um, uh, sorry, I brought that up, but I have to ask everybody that question. So <laughs> that's very cool. Now, I usually ask at this point in our talk about current projects, what has you excited and fired up? And I certainly want to know an answer to that, but I'd love for you to share a little bit more about this new launch of these new wheels. Tell our listeners a little bit about them. I think, Atri, you know, you were talking about our styling and everything and in being very purposeful. And that is a reflection of our technical capability and where we come from, from our perspective. It's very much a performance-oriented perspective. We wanted to actually show the world what we could do really from more of a design perspective, you know, not so much the technical, but really, hey, uh, let's look at it from a styling and design perspective first. Not just create doodads. A lot of people in the wheel industry will just add doodads and I, uh, that's what we call them. <laughs> yeah, you I know, understand. A cut here, cuts there, and stuff. Right. And, it, and it's really not very sophisticated, and the details are are lacking. Um, there's really not a lot of refinement. So we said, you know what? We always we have all these purposeful wheels already. Let, let let's really make something stylistic, but in typical HRE fashion, let's make sure that the styling is absolutely gorgeous. But the refinement of the details and the surfacing and on and on is just on another level. Mm-hmm. And I think we've done a really, really fantastic job of that. And uh, the wheels are very difficult to make because of that. But uh, <laughs> we said, you know what, let's not let that be a hindrance. Let's just go and, and really see what we can do. And it was really neat because I think we've introduced something that is different than what the market is expecting from Atri. Mm-hmm. And it came from the same people. It came from the team here inside. And it was just us looking at it from a different perspective like hey yeah. what, what do we do if we just take the shackles off and just go pushing yeah. the boundaries yeah very so that, cool that's neat. yeah good awesome job great how about well actually i like to call this question a very introspective question if you were a car alan mm-hmm. what kind of car would you be and more importantly why <laughs> oh that one's easy um uh, I would be a 911. Ah, uh, yeah, great. Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about why that is. I think, uh, to me, the 911 is a technical car. Mm-hmm. It's an engineer's car. It is, well, it, first off, 911 is a little weird. 
the engine's in the wrong place, and, and I'm a little weird. If anybody spends any time with me, they know I'm, that I'm that I'm a nerd and I'm goofy and you know and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's a technical car that executes. You can really count on a 911. It's going to be dead reliable. It's going to perform, sure. but you can also trust it. You can you can you can count on it to to drive every day. Yet you can count on it to win races. Mm-hmm. And so you know there aren't a lot of cars that are like that, and also, you know, a 911, when you drive a 911, it stirs your soul. You know, yeah. I mean, I've got a passion for cars and that thing that pulls the passion out of me like nothing else. The steering of, you know, 997s, I mean, just wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful cars. And so I see how, when we were talking earlier, I said, you know, cars sort of define your personality. You sure. know, well, if you can't tell, I'm I'm a Porsche guy. I love <laughs> 911s. And it's and it's because a 911 is is really a reflection of me and my personality and and who I am, and so I, I think uh, it's it's the perfect perfect car for me. There and that's, you go. That's the kind of that's what I would be if I were a car. Yeah, I love it. Well, we share something else then because on uh, Cars Yeah Here Show 300, I had my son interview me, and that was the way I answered that question as well. So <laughs> I've been a 911 fan, Porsche fan forever, but I think for all the same reasons. So you understand. You understand, you understand exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, completely. We've had several other 911s here on the show too. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, that's what makes the question so much fun. So, Alan, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at Metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at CARSYA.com sponsors. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Okay, Alan, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners real quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Okay. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received 
Uh, uh, that must come from my wife. Back in college, I was a diehard Ferrari guy. I thought Ferraris were everything. Uh, and she uh, grew up in a household where her father had a lot of Porsches, and she was just adamant that Porsches were the top. <laughs> and I just disagreed. The engine's in the wrong place, on and on and on and on and on. And uh, over the years, I came to see how wrong I was in that. And uh, today, uh, Porsches are, are are just a part of my soul. So There you yeah. go. <laughs> I yeah. understand. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Yeah, I think that you should, um, honestly, you should live your passion. You should be passionate about what you do. Life's too short to just go through life uh, checking boxes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, figure out what your passion is and go do it. Absolutely. Uh, whether it's at work or life or what, just just do your passions. Uh, that, that It keeps you young, keeps you alive. It makes life so much, much more enjoyable. Keeps you happy. How about a resource? Is there one resource out there you think our listeners would really enjoy? Oh, honestly, that one's tough. Honestly, I would say the world, uh, you know, get out there. Uh, get out and see the world. I've been able to do a lot of travel here, and uh, that's hard for everybody. Not everybody can do that. But uh, also being married to uh, a military brat and seeing her perspective of the world, travel and seeing other cultures and other people and their perspective, I think, opens your eyes in, in a way that uh, nothing else can. And so I would say get out there. Yeah, and especially for your kids. I've been fortunate enough to, uh, with my kids to uh, send them off to different places as they were growing up uh, to see the world, and they always came back with a wonderful new perspective, not only on how great things were in their life here in the United States, but also other cultures and other people, and those experiences have stayed with them for a long time. So travel is uh, absolute, absolutely spectacular. How about a book? Is there one book in particular you think the Car Shadow listeners would really enjoy reading? Well, I think you mentioned the two that are my main go-to books in terms of the way I shape Jim Collins. culture here. Yeah, Jim Collins, Built to Last and Good to Great. I think both. If you read those books, you'll actually have a lot of insight into the way that Atree operates and the way that Atree's culture is. It's, it's a culture based on trust. And what's great is it's not, this is how you do it. It's no, no, no. Figure out who you are and the way you want things to be and what's true to you. And that's how you go build a business. Yep. You know, that's how you create a culture. And, and that was so defining for me. I mentioned before, I thought leaders had to have all this bravado and it had to be a certain way. And no, you know, you are who you are and you can be a leader and you can do these things if you really, really try. And I think those two books in particular shaped me. And honestly, if you read them, it's clear when you're at HRE that they've had a big uh, effect on uh, the culture here. Yeah, Jim Collins is great. I uh, bought both of those books for my kids when they were in high school and had them read them. And they both sit on their library shelves and they've both gone back. Uh, My daughter's been in the uh, professional world for about three and a half, four years now, and she's read the book again. And my son's taken his off to college. He's in his senior year. So Great book, a great author, and uh, I've had all my managers at my former company read that book as well. Yeah. We had discussions about it. Great recommendations. You would do well at HRE. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I could have some fun there, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyad.com slash Alan Peltier. Alan's last name is P-E-L-T-I-E-R. And there's also a great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where you can find Alan's recommendation and all the past 350-plus guests here with quick links to access that wonderful reading material. All right, Alan, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to write the check, what would that (laughs) one, aren't I a great guy, what would that one vehicle be and why? 
Yeah, that's tough. Um, normally, you'd uh, it's easy to think you want to go something new like a 918 or, or something like that. I, I, I honestly have a soft spot in my heart for the 1969 911S. And to me, it's, it's lightweight. It's got good power. It's got this straight little simple body. There's tiny. It, it's, I don't know. I, I just love the simplicity of it, the rawness of it, you know? And so it's not something I think is super valuable. I'm sure they're expensive today, but. Oh, yes. <sighs> yeah. Great choice. Awesome car. And uh, just so I get the right vehicle, what color would you like? Ooh, that's tough. <laughs> I think I would actually like an old green one. Oh, okay. I think I would go with, or an orange one, you know. I forget, I remember the color names, but. Uh, well, they made a great uh, color called tangerine. Yeah. They made a couple really nice. They made an Irish green, mm-hmm. um, a leaf green, some beautiful greens of all different shades, those monochromatic colors back in the yeah, 60s exactly. and 70s. So, okay, I'll go out there and find you something really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Have it delivered to your doorstep down there in HRE and Vista. Perfect for sunny Southern California. Great. That's awesome, Mark. Well, Alan, you've taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey and a little bit about HRE Wheels with us. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that 69911S? <laughs> I think it probably goes back to a little bit what I said before, is, is really love what you do. Love your job. Love, you know, really try to find your passions and do them. I can't recommend that more to people. There's no greater uh, reward than, and, than getting to come to work every day and do what you love. It's, it's helpful. <laughs> it is definitely helpful. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and HRE Performance Wheels? Uh, probably our website, hrewheels.com. And uh, we have, obviously, Instagram and Facebook and all of that as well. But uh, the website's always a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything Alan's been so kind to share with us today at carsyad.com. Just put Alan in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up, and you can find links to everything. And I would encourage you to go and check out their new line of wheels. They just launched this last weekend. In the case of this interview, it'll be two weekends ago by the time this airs. But uh, check out what they're doing because I think you're going to find these are the finest wheels out there on the market for either your street car, performance car, or your just fun everyday driver. Alan, thanks again for being so generous with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. It's been a great, fun conversation. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!